Welcome to the Fighting for Joy podcast. I'm your host, Jody Blick. Today is an important episode, you guys, because as Christians, the Bible, which is often called scripture or God's word, is one of the top helps as we fight for joy in the midst of all that life in this world throws at us. I love calling the Bible God's word because it reminds us that God is speaking to us through this precious book. The promises are God's promises, the comfort is God's comfort, and the stories and people and warnings and timelines and teachings, they all point us to the one, God's Son, Jesus, who came to save, transform, comfort, and help us, and provide us with real hope for our brokenness and real hope for what is to come and what will be. I have many people in my life who love God's word, and I acknowledge that that is such a blessing. People who inspire me to study and know the truths of scripture better. People who have lived out beautiful examples of what it means to be a Christ follower. People who have encouraged me in my faith and helped me to better fix my eyes on Christ and be a light in this world. But at the top of that list is my own husband. When I met Eric, I was immediately blown away by his love for God the way he treated others, and his passion for studying, knowing, memorizing, and treasuring the Bible. When we were dating and people wanted to know about my boyfriend, I always started with his character and the ways that I saw his life reflect Christ, which was directly correlated with his application of the Bible and his love for all that he was reading in it. I did always quickly follow it up by how much I loved his sense of humor and his excitement about life. But really, now, 30 years later, it really is his love for the Lord that has helped him to be such a rock for me, for our family, and for those who know him and call him friend. And even though he still has struggles, of course, he still has sin to fight. He isn't perfect, as none of us are. The truths of Scripture are embedded deep in his core. So I'm really happy that he agreed to come back on the podcast with me again and share about the ways that he implements the truths of the Bible into his daily life and how knowing and trusting in God's promises really can provide us with things that nothing else in this world can. Before we start, I do want to just acknowledge that some of you listening are not Christians or maybe your faith is different than ours. Maybe you struggle with believing that the Bible is even true or can be of any help during the difficult times in life. Maybe you've tried to read the Bible or you've tried attending a Bible study or you went to a church service, but it just left you confused or frustrated. Maybe Christians have let you down or really caused you hurt. My encouragement to you is to keep listening to this episode. Let us share the personal ways that God has met us through his word. Christians and non-Christians alike continue to ask us how we can have joy in the midst of losing our 16-year-old son and his friends. How have we found laughter and dancing again, even as other difficult things continue to present themselves and burden us down? Friends, this is one of the main ways. So pray that as you listen, God meets you and draws you into the hope and help of his word as you keep fighting for joy in the midst of whatever you may be facing in this broken world. Thanks for listening, you guys. I have prayed over this episode, and I am trusting God to use it in special ways. God's word is powerful. Here is my conversation with my husband, Eric. Hi, Eric. 
Good morning. How are you today? I'm good. Thanks for doing this with me. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on again. Yeah. Well, the last two times that you've been on, episode one and episode 12, um, you were more of a co-host with me, um, but today you're actually more of a guest. I know. So I'm excited about that. That's great. Um, Well, let's just jump right in. I feel like um, if people want to know more about um, our marriage or about you, they can go back to those episodes. Um, I'd like to just jump right in today. And um, the first question that I usually ask um, each of my guests here in season two is just what area of life um, do you tend to fall into discouragement? Um, So in other words, where do you find yourself having to fight for joy? Yeah, I think that's I think that's good. I think that um, I think there's all sorts of areas. Um, number one, of course, um, the undercurrent of grief, as we've talked about in the past. I mean, just because Jackson's been gone six years doesn't mean that after three, four days, I'm I'm over it. Um, grief comes and gets you at various points of time. And that's totally normal. And so I think there's this undercurrent that you continually have to fight that um, that it's okay to be sad and it's okay to work through that. Um, it's not okay just to stop. And mm-hmm. so I think I, I think that's that's one. I think it's you know, I think the other thing too is that um, once you are a follower of Christ, I think, we think that we get a free pass away from brokenness and and hurt sometimes Mm -hmm. and we just don't and so there's brokenness from all over the place there's things at work that don't go well there's people at work and relationships at work and in life that are just broken Mm -hmm. and there's there's reasons to be sad there's health reasons on loved ones to be sad um and so what are you going to do with that? And so there's there's certainly been plenty of opportunities uh, to continue to f- do this fight for joy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. And and we are, as a family, just kind of in an interesting season right now, too. Um, like you said, watching the brokenness in the bodies um, of our loved ones. I mean, we're, we're not only parenting teenagers and um, young adults, but we are caring for aging parents as well. It's kind of an interesting in-between season that we're in and um, along with just different struggles in life in general at work and um, and relationships and um, yeah there's a lot of discouragement um, that can creep in and so I'm so thankful to continue to press on with this podcast in the midst of all that we have going on. Thank you for encouraging me in that and making sure that I keep going with this because um, I think that when we are in the midst of um, challenging times or even a fuller season of life, it's easy to kind of put these things on the back burner, and yet they are really what um, keep me encouraged and fighting for joy myself. So as a side note, thank you for helping me to keep these podcasts going in the midst of all that we do have um, going on right now. Yeah. Well, as I began to, um, to plan for season two, of the podcast and started thinking through, you know, the different practical tools that can help us fight for joy. It was a huge priority for me to have an episode on the Bible because um, as a Christian, along with prayer, I think it's really the key tool to help us uh, in this fight for joy. And I thought through a lot of people who really love and treasure and know God's word, but honestly, babe, I just, I kept coming back to you because 
um, you truly love scripture more than anyone else I know. And, um, and even more importantly, I can give testimony that you do live it out and you cling to God's promises for help and hope and joy, um, no matter what our circumstances are. And I've known you now for 30 years. And so I have seen, um, how you have run to God's word, um, in the midst of all kinds of circumstances and it has proved to be a suitable help and so i'm excited that you were willing to come on again absolutely (laughs) and uh share about this so tell us a little bit about how you use the bible um, to help your fight for joy i think with the bible people can hear the word bible and automatically get turned off that it's an old book that it's been around for hundreds and hundreds of years, that it's not uh, relevant today. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think think we have to start with, if we do believe there is a God, and we can do a whole episode on just the logical reasons that we know there is a God. Um, But if we just start with that um, now, um, then if his word is in fact true, then I then I, I think one of the most helpful things for me to look at God's Word as kind of this distant love letter, if you will, from someone that you really, really like miles away. Mm. Um, right now, our daughter, of course, is 907 miles away at college, <laughs> and um, I'm writing letters to her, and she's you know uh, um, able to write uh, letters as well. But if we just start with that, that... What if you got a letter in the mail from someone that you really, really cared for? Mm -hmm. Would you read it once, throw it away? Would you get around to it? Um, And that's that's kind of how I think we start with God's word, that God is indeed transcendent. He is other than us. And he spent hundreds of years telling mankind about who he is, and he hasn't fully told mankind everything about him. He's an infinite God. Mm-hmm. Um, but he has told us a ton and it's written down and it's written down for me. Mm-hmm. And so how does the Bible fit? That's kind of a big overarching you know, question. You got your uh, 66 books and there is a real storyline that connects all 66. But then you can get down as far as every single word and every single verse. Like what, what is it that, that this long lost person that I love is trying to tell me and remind me in this phrase hmm. and in mm-hmm. this word. And mm-hmm. I think, so I think from that standpoint, how we start looking at the Bible um, is a helpful place to start. Mm-hmm. No, that's really important. And um, you've taught me a lot about that. We've learned together a lot about just how the Bible fits together as a whole. And um, and I think, I think you're right, especially for somebody who is new to faith um, is new to studying the Bible, it can be pretty daunting. Um, I, I think it's important to say, too, that a lot of the help that we've gotten um, in understanding the Bible has been through a church, and um, that's an important tool here as well um, yeah. in the fight for joy is getting plugged into a community of other Christians and um, working through um, different passages of the Bible together and have um, a pastor who is teaching and preaching and helping you to understand um, the Bible as well has been a great, um, another tool for us that we have uh, implemented in our lives as well. Yeah, definitely. So what does it look like for you um, to read the Bible, to study the Bible, uh, to memorize the Bible? 
Um, what does it look like for you on a daily or a weekly basis? So it t- today's a Tuesday morning. Um, what is it going to look like for you and what is it going to look like the rest of the week? Well, I think there's a couple different things that's going to ebb and uh, flow during different, different, you know, phases of my life. Um, but what it looks like right, right now is, um, we are taking some time just to widen the lens and not spend a lot of time studying every verse of scripture, just take a ton in. And so, um, oftentimes, um, as we kind of listen or read through the Bible, um, we found that one year is a little bit too tight. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, and so, um, maybe take two years. There's lots of good, uh, you know, reading plans there. The uh, Cheney reading plan is the one we're on Mm -hmm. now. And that'll, that'll mean that either before I leave for work today, you and I will read a, a chapter or two um on plan and then i'll listen to the other uh, chapters in the car um through the esv app Mm -hmm. and i think that's just a that's that's just a good way to to continue to keep the overarching view of of you know scripture in mind the other piece is um from an early age i've been encouraged by various mentors to just find a verse and there's tons out there that you can spend lots of time on and write them down on a three by five card. And so mm-hmm. it's been something that we've done with the kids. Um, and we can talk about that one, you know, later too. But, um, I think that, I think that, um, you know, in the car on the way in, are there a couple verses that I've written down over the years that I would spend some time praying through and thinking through, um, and trying to figure out which word's missing. Um, that's one of my favorite games to play on the way in. Um, if I can't remember the verse fully, um, I could finish the verse with words that I would make up, and it would still be true according to you know um, what, what uh, God's Word says. Mm-hmm. But there's a specific word filled in um, that, uh, that oftentimes I'll forget, and then I'll spend some time thinking through that. So one of those... Um, I was just looking at that as Romans 15, um, 13. Now may the God of hope um, fill you with all um, joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may have hope. So hope isn't something, hope is something that we get out of God's word as we run to kind of hope, capital H, which is Christ. Um, and it's something that through his word, we see that the Holy Spirit, because he's in us, hmm. um, is the one that's going to bring us that hope. And so I might have forgotten the word fill. May the um, God of all grace fill you with joy and peace in believing mm-hmm. these things are true mm-hmm. um, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit in you, um, you may abound in uh, hope. And so. Um, there's lots of verses like that that uh, that uh, we've uh, written down over the years that will come to mind and we'll uh, spend some time on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, it has been a joy to um, to kind of be in the same passage of scripture uh, at various yeah. times as we are both um, going through um, our Bible readings as well. We don't always do that. Um, but, you know, what it kind of looks like for you and me right now, like you said, is we'll get up, we'll get some coffee going, and then we have a plan. You've printed it out for me, and um, we have a plan of what we are going to read each day, and um, we, read the, we read the passage separately, but together. I mean, we um, don't read it out loud typically, um, 
and and then kind of you know we have a little commentary that um, shares a little bit about um, one of the passages we've read and then you and I sometimes talk about what we've read and um, it's really encouraging to have somebody if it's not your spouse but a friend um, or somebody else that's in the same passage of scripture um, so that you are able to talk through it and have encouragement and accountability as well. Yeah. You know, the other thing about um, just kind of, you know, regularly flooding your mind with God's word, you don't have to have light coming down from heaven every day. This mm-hmm. isn't this isn't something that you've got to you've got to have your life transformed every single minute of every single day and you got to learn something brand new. This is something that um, changes our hearts and minds over time. And when Christ was on earth, um, he was about ready to die and go to heaven. And the 12 disciples just couldn't get their head around that. They thought mm-hmm. he was going to come in and be the king, throw out Rome's rule, and everyone was going to live happily ever after. And they were going to have their own, you know, state again. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Christ said, you know, I'm going back to the father and it's going to be good for you. And they had no category for that. Like, this is going to be good for me that we've spent the last number of years with you and we've loved being with you every single day and you've taught us and we've grown. And you're saying now it's going to be better that you leave. And Christ says, it is going to be better that I leave because when I go, I'm going to give you my spirit, the spirit of God, who's going to dwell in you. Mm. And he's going to remind you of the words that I said. And he's going to bring to mind those things. And he's going to be with you in ways that I just can't. I can only be with one of you at a time, mm-hmm. uh, right? And and so um, pastor and author John uh, Piper has a really neat neat way to say it, that um, if if you really do want to hear, to God, hear from God, um, God really does still speak today and he often does it by just bringing scripture to mind that you've been in mm-hmm. um and you'll so i'll be in the course of my day or in the course of my week and scriptures that i've just reread or ones that i have written down on three by five cards since i was young um, will come back at the oddest times and it will be exactly really what I need for that moment to continue to build my hope. Mm -hmm. And it's a, it's a really unique way that because the Holy Spirit is with us, we really do and can hear and feel God. You know, Romans five is a, is a great verse that um, says that we have the love of God has been past tense poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit who he has given us. And so if there is a transcendent God where we started today, I want to feel that. I want to know it. I want to have it as part mm-hmm. of my day. And that's really what the job of the Holy Spirit is as he changes me into act more like the way that Christ would act. Mm-hmm. And I certainly don't do that uh, perfectly, but man, as a follower of Christ, I've got this I've got this whole new way because the Holy Spirit's in me to remind me of the words that he that he's mm. spoken. Yeah, I love that. Um, yeah, and my you know my favorite question during this season, as we've been just talking through these various tools, is the how, um, and you're kind of getting to that. So let's just jump into that. Let's let's talk a little bit about how 
reading and studying and memorizing scripture and hiding it in our hearts, um, so to say, um, produces joy. So just kind of connecting the dots of, okay, we're reading the Bible. How does that help our fight for joy? So I do believe that the Christian faith has been rightly quoted to be said that it is a thinking faith. And if you look at a passage like um, Paul's letter to the church at Philippi, in chapter 4, he says, um, don't be anxious about anything. And so that's where a lot of times our culture stops. Our culture kind of stops there with, don't be anxious, just empty your mind. Like, don't Mm -hmm. be worried. Don't be fearful. You've got a meeting coming up. Everyone's going to be there. You're in the spotlight. You're not sure what you're going to say just do it just don't worry Mm -hmm. and that just doesn't work or don't be angry and just think about happy thoughts or don't be anxious about this and just empty your mind but the passage goes on to say instead everything by prayer and making a list for god to pour out your heart ahead of time with thanksgiving because you know he's hearing you and you know he's going to answer and that peace is going to guide you. And so I think, um, I think practically speaking, it's about a thinking faith and being able to bury these words deep into your heart so that when you need them and when they are, they are there, um, you, you won't be able to, um, you're, you're not going to be in a spot where you're going to just be tossed by the wind you you really are going to have your mind filled with something better and that is how the peace of god comes to you um through uh, christ so mm-hmm. um a, a couple practical things um one um we've we've uh don't don't do too much don't try to memorize um 40 verses this year um what we've done with the kids since they were little is just do one or two every month or so. And so you're spending weeks and weeks on the same verse. And then oftentimes, um, and and then try to remind yourself of that during the course of the day. So one of the things that has been helpful since Jackson died is you or I have had really weird sleep patterns now. Mm -hmm. It's hard to wake up in the middle of the night and to be able to go back to sleep. So what do you do? And honestly, one of the best things to get back to sleep is to not empty my mind of all the what ifs, but to fill my mind with something better. Mm -hmm. And so being able to say, um, you know, my soul thirsts for you with the uh, psalmist and to, while the lights are out, being able to see the words on the three by five paper, Um, and to be able to go through those. And sometimes both of us are up and we will both do this. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and to get through passages like that, that says, um, you know, I, I will look at you on the, at, at the watches of the night and in the shadow of your wings, somehow I will sing for joy or in other passages that you will protect me from trouble and you will surround me with songs of deliverance. Hmm. Like those are the those are the promises of God. And and I I find as I start going through some of these passages and some of these verses, very practically, I'm back out of sleep 
in just a matter of minutes. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's been a good way to reflect upon the goodness of the Lord when I've had to fight for joy. And it doesn't feel necessarily like he's good, but I know that he is. Hmm. That's really helpful. And and you're right. I mean, I think that um, having these, um, you know, tools in our tool belt, having these verses memorized already in our hearts, these things that we've been filling our mind with um, just throughout the course of the day, um, they really do um, come back with such help and hope and comfort um, during the darker times um, in any given week, um, especially, you know, when, when we are in a crisis, like you said, when Jackson died, um, our scripture reading looked a lot different than what it does when everything is kind of normal and going along, uh, smoothly. So, so just, um, you know, kind of let's, let's talk a little bit too about how reading scripture, memorizing scripture, just knowing the promises that are in God's word can then also, lead us into prayer because I think that that's been one of the the um, the ways that scripture has helped me to fight for joy is that it's given me language it's given me uh, a way to talk to God um, we've both already yeah, said that, that um, you know prayers do not need to be um, anything fancy they are just unpremeditated cries out to yeah. the Lord a lot of times in life Um, But sometimes, especially, you know, in the midst of a crisis, it's hard to even find the words to talk to God, um, to talk to others, um, to know what to pray. And so um, how has running to um, to God's word helped your prayer life? Yeah, so I think two things. One is you start with Romans 8 when it says the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness because we don't know what to pray for as we ought, mm-hmm. right? We, we just, you, you just got to start with that, that um, there are times when we groan in our souls that we don't know how to put words on it. And that's the kind of prayer, this wordless groaning that the Lord then translates, Christ translates for us to get the message across of where we're at. So we don't have to be adequate in prayer, we just need to come. Mm-hmm. Um, number two, I think that prayer gives us a whole new language of ways to pray and things to pray for ourselves and for others. You know, if you just look, for instance, at Second Peter chapter one, verse um, three says, "His divine power has, past tense, granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness." And man, I. I want life. Mm-hmm. John 10 says Christ came that we might have life. The thief came to destroy and to steal, but Christ came to free us from our guilt, free us from our shame, free us from the wrath of God justly against us for not being holy like he asked us to be. And um, and I now have been given, past tense, everything that I need that pertains to life and godliness. And the way that I get that is through the knowledge of him. And who is this him? It's the one that called us to his own glory and excellence. Mm -hmm. And Peter goes on to say, by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises. And so I think one of the ways to pray through a um, you know passage like this is just to say, Lord, 
with all that is on my wife's plate today, um, I could certainly just pray for her to have a good day, um, for you to be healthy, for you to be happy throughout your day. And there's nothing wrong with those prayers. And it's good when we lift up loved ones to the Lord. Um, but when you take scripture like this and you've written it on three by five cards, they become great ways for you just to hold them up and to pray for that person through the actual card. So, uh, Lord, today, remind Jody that she is not just here on earth with her own strength and what's on her plate with her mom's health and everything else that she's got, got uh, going on. Remind her that for outside of time, your divine power has been there and it's already granted to her everything that she needs today to get through this with not just persevering through a desert wasteland, but to, to really experience life and godliness in the midst of something really, really difficult. Mm -hmm. And so God, as Peter said, remind her of the promises of your word that you will be, be with her. Pick certain ones of those and remind her today um, as these are not what I'm saying, your promises are precious. Your word is calling those very promises given by the divine power of God as precious. And so God, make them seem precious to her today. Mm -hmm. And I think that becomes a, so that becomes a whole new way to kind of pray through yeah. Yeah. Um, something in your life instead of just, Lord, I've got a big meeting today at the bank. Please, please help me through this. Help everything to go great. Thank mm -hmm. you for the blue sky. And uh, thank you for this food. Mm -hmm. Those are great prayers. Um, having scripture buried in your heart like this has really transformed the way that we that we uh, talk with God. Yeah, for sure. It's been a it's been huge for me. Yeah. Well, as um as I've been talking through various tools um on this um season um that help us to fight for joy, I always want to try to address the things that can potentially get into the way of people um implementing these things into their life. Um, so whether it's making time or being willing to step out of our comfort zone or something as simple as just not understanding what a powerful tool something can be in the fight for joy. Um, and I think that can especially happen with the Bible. Um, you know, we're here talking about how, what a help it's been for us, um, and what a tool it has been for us. But why do you think more people then aren't running to the Bible? What hinders people from using God's word and the promises in God's word, um, as um, a powerful and um, regular and practical tool in their life to fight for joy. Yeah, so I think I think for me, when I'm not running to God's word for this kind of hope that we're uh, talking about, I think it's because I've started to believe some half truths or some lies that have crept in, mm -hmm. um, and yeah. and so I think that's where I would start with people. Um, you know, I, there's, there's a, there's a whole lot of ways to keep us in the tyranny of the urgent. There's so many things to do. Um, and if we stop and think about what it is we're telling ourselves about different things that are happening in our lives, mm -hmm. we would realize that what we're telling ourselves just isn't true. Um, mm -hmm. we might be telling ourselves things. I mean, we're not our best counselor here. Right. <laughs> we, we tend to believe what other people have said about us. Um, for every 10 compliments you get, that one zinger that you get is the one that's going to come back to you over and over again. 
And you're going to find yourself, if you don't have something to, something better to think on, you're going to find yourself going back to those things. Mm -hmm. And that's a big way why we don't carry on with God, God's word is that we hear things like, you know, I just, I just really am never going to amount to anything. I just never, I just, you know, there's a lot of better people out there in this world. I don't, I don't think that I should really worry about this and I should just try to get a passing grade here. Um, when, if we go to scripture and we say, um, you know, we, we enter your sanctuary to behold your power and your glory. And these blessings from your word that you have spoken over me matter. And they are true. They are what's Mm -hmm. true about me. And when Satan, whose name means accuser, um, he deceives us Mm -hmm. and, you know, he's the one to kind of weave in these partial truths and the greatest way to beat him is the way Christ did it and just bring the word of God to bear Um, and start by saying, you know, Satan, um, what what you're telling me right now is in fact true. And in fact, I'm worse than that. But because Christ has paid the penalty of that, I'm never going to be judged for that again. And furthermore, because Christ lived a righteous life and treated people with huge compassion and lived perfectly, like that now counts for me. And so Mm. I am robed with an everlasting name and righteousness to where I fit into the party of God. I fit into this pleasure of God. Mm. It's like showing up at the White House with the right clothes on. Mm -hmm. Um, You would never show up in there in shorts and uh, flip-flops, right? If it's a state dinner, you would show up in a a tux. And that's, that's in essence what the Word of God reminds us of who we already are. And I think one of the reasons why we don't go to God's word is because we forget that in that in fact, not just Christ is, he's not just putting up with us and forgave our sins. Um, and it'd be like, don't you ever do that again. And I'm just mm-hmm. still mad at you. Mm-hmm. He, he has wiped this clean. We have been sprung from death row and given his medal of honor as our own on the same day. Mm-hmm. And so we truly are clothed and with, this righteousness and acceptability before God that we may know him. And, and I think once, once we kind of break through to that spot, like the word of Mm -hmm. God is less daunting and continues to build our Mm -hmm. hope that, yeah, that's what, that's really the truth being spoken over to me. These are the blessings of God that are true being spoken over me. And I got to stop telling myself what isn't true as I've told myself for years. Yeah, no, I think you nailed it. I think that's very true. I think that's how a lot of people feel when it comes to God's word. And um, we are listening to ourselves more than talking to ourselves and reminding ourselves of these things. And, you know, for me, it, it really is. It's continuing to remind myself that God's promises and the power of God's word is better than everything else that the world has to offer because there are 
so many other things screaming for our attention and our time and even promising things that seem like they will help and provide joy. Um, but nothing can bring the kind of peace and comfort and help and hope and joy um, that the promises of Scripture can and, and has for us. And we can both testify to this. Um, so, you know, in the normal mundane day to day life or especially when a crisis hits, um, running to God's word and, you know, prayer as well has uh, helped tremendously and is the the help that we want to share um, for others listening today. Well, speaking of challenges, um, we have, you know, especially you have worked really hard to help our kids have God's word hidden in their hearts, too. Um, this is something that we um, definitely prioritize in our lives as adults. But, um, you know, since they were babies, you've been reading the Bible to our kids. You've been praying with them. You've been doing uh, family devotions with them. And then when they were really young, um, you began to help them memorize Bible verses uh, each week. And, you know, I would say when they were little and um, <laughs> in, and really just uh, thought everything we said and did was wonderful, um, you know, this was a real joy. It was really a lot of fun. Um, and they were quick to memorize. Children are able to memorize so quickly. And we set up all kinds of challenges, all kinds of games, all kinds of fun uh, methods of doing this. And, um, and then as they've gotten older and puberty comes and they're teenagers, um, it has become a little bit more of a challenge. They um, have still um, been willing to be a part of family devotions and doing this uh, scripture memory, but it isn't without its challenges. They're busy. Um, they're stressed. There's um, just like I said, a lot of voices um, that are shouting at them, um, f- you know, trying to get their time and attention and um, and uh, their affections um, in during those teenage years. So um, one of the things I wanted to ask you about and just encouragement for other families out there, um, what would you say to parents of little kids and just kind of the the influence that they have right now, the joy that it can be right now, and then what would you say for people that are in the midst of um, these teenage years and it might be a little more difficult to keep their attention or even get them gathered around the table to have these kinds of discussions and do this kind of um, scripture memory and prayer together? Yeah, I think that's good. I think that no matter what age your kids are, you have to start with the Word of God is more powerful than you. And I love the way that um, Matt Chandler, pastor and author out of Dallas, has uh, talked about it with his kids, which is um, there is no way that we can change our kids' hearts. We can't make them love God's Word. We can't make them love Christ. We can, as parents, manipulate behavior, and that mm-hmm. doesn't that that doesn't last. And so you have to start with the Word of the God. the 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 Word of God is more powerful than I am. And it's what Scripture says changes people's hearts to begin to act like the way Christ acts. And so our job as parents is to just pile up kindling wood, um, make it in small bite-sized pieces or small bite, you know, small pieces of wood, make a circle around your kid with that, and uh, ask the Holy Spirit to light their hearts on fire that they would have deep affections of their hearts for these things that are uh, true. Mm -hmm. Um, Only the Holy Spirit can do that. So you have to start with that. Secondly, um, we have seen the Holy Spirit light up some kids in ways that um, 
there was not dry kindling wood around these kids. Mm -hmm. uh, what seems to be against all odds from how these kids were raised, they love Christ and maybe their parents don't even know who he is. Mm -hmm. And and so the, the, the Holy Spirit's going to take the word of God and, and uh, powerfully place it in their lives. Um, the other thing I would say is when they're young, make it a game, make it, uh, you know, realistic, make it fun. Um, there's a great app out there called Fighterverse app. It's like a buck or two. And what you can do with that and what uh, we did with our kids is you can pick a verse or it can tell you a verse and then just camp there for the next week or two. And we put it up on, on a screen. And then as you click through it, the words that are missing are underlined. They have to remember which ones those are. And then you can click through it and have that word pop up on screen to see if they got it. And it's just a great little memory tool to get that done. Um, thirdly, I would say the three by five cards that we've printed out over the years, I love photography. I love graphic design. Um, I've posted out on blixblog.org forward slash memory, our uh, template we use to put in a scripture verse with a picture that connects with our family. So a couple of things that that does. One is that it, it's a very practical way to have, hey, we just went to Adventureland um, and we had some really good time there, our whole you know family. Um, let's use some of those pictures laid out with these verses, print them out of you know, Walgreens, it's uh, super easy. Um, and then have those around the house or, or in the car. Um, or on the back of the bathroom door, as we've talked about in previous episodes <laughs> for the kids, is a great place for them to see the Word of God um, and to continue to uh, connect with it. And then, um, you know, lastly, um, what that does um, is it actually, our brains are hardwired to memorize through stories. Mm -hmm. um, and so, like Psalm 139 is just a great psalm. And I can now go through it with Adventureland pictures of you and me going down mm -hmm. Main Street, um, Justine on the Roundup, uh, Turner and me on one of the roller coasters, and Grace and me on the uh, ski lift. And it's it's weird and it's funny, but there's lots of you know science on this. You can actually memorize things better if you correlate them with something and you tell a story with it. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's that's been something helpful. And then lastly, I would say, um, since it's not our job to change their hearts as they get older, just be faithful to continue to do it, even though they might be tuned out. It might not be as fun. Um, there will be times when they're not jumping up and down to be able to do it. But just if, if you do believe the word of God's powerful, just give them a huge gift in this. And, um, and then the other piece with that is whether or not at this stage in their life, um, they're as hungry for the next verse to memorize as I am, um, keep running after the Lord. Like I need these things for my hope. Like Monday morning comes and I've got to know why I work and I've got to know why my work matters and I've got to know what it looks like for me to work with people to help the common good and is it really paying off like I I've got to have the word of God memorized to help me answer in terms of real hope these real questions that I get faced with and so if my kids continue to see me 
um, just hungering and thirsting after God um, as my soul pants in a in a desert wasteland. Um, I don't have to hide that from him mm-hmm. and or you know from them and may the Lord use that to just hey I'm I'm gonna keep going after satisfaction for for my soul if they want to come along great um, and if they don't it's really the Holy Spirit's job um, to really light them up the way that he has my heart yes no that's so good thank you for sharing all of that and I agree, and there is such comfort and hope in the power of God's Word and what He is able to ignite um, when we as parents um, are faithful to continue to put, like you said, this kindling wood around them. And, you know, and our example is powerful too, as you said. I mean, and I think that is one of the uncomfortable graces in tragedy and in crisis. Our kids have been able to see these last six years us run to God's word in a different way than they saw when our life was um, yeah, going well on um, more, you know, without uh, trauma. And, and you know, I think when kids see that you're doing something because you should be doing it, um, they pick up on that. When they see that we are running to God's word because we can't help it or yeah. because we are absolutely desperate or because yeah. we don't know where else to go or, um, you know, I'm putting like you said, these three by five index cards, I'm taping them all up in my van. I'm putting them on the mirrors in our bathroom. I'm putting them by the kitchen sink. When we're in the midst of crisis and tragedy and trauma and things are falling apart, showing our kids that this is where we're going to run. And this is not just something that we should do um, or that is a tradition or that is just merely a habit that we fit into our life. But this is where we are running for um for hope we are absolutely desperate to hear from god in the midst of these horrible difficulty difficult and painful times um that is so powerful um for our kids to watch too yeah yeah well if somebody is listening and they really they they do want to read the bible more um but they just don't know how um maybe they don't even have a bible maybe um They just don't know where to start. It just seems really daunting. (laughs) Um, Maybe they've even tried to read it and they just they didn't even understand it. Um, What what advice do you have for somebody who um, wants to begin to know and love the Bible in this way? A couple of practical things. One, I would start with the Gospel of Mark. Um, That's largely the one Peter wrote or had written. Um, And it's and so just practically speaking, I would just spend the next two or three months going through one chapter of Mark every day. And when you get done with the book, start over. Mm-hmm. And when you get done with it, start over again. And you're gonna start and you're gonna start to see like he's acting in weird and compassionate ways that the normal human just doesn't do. And I think you're gonna be struck in in, you know, a new ways that man, this this really was God's son. Um, and, and, and what he did, um, and the abuse that he suffered and the perfect life that he lived in spite of that, like, man, I know I don't measure up. I, I know I don't even measure up to my own goals that I've set, set for myself, let alone God's. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and when you get through that and you start seeing that, man, he, he, the, the Christ who had everything, who had all the riches 
and all the wisdom left heaven's throne to become poor, to be born on the wrong side of the tracks, to be born and to people to have mocked him and not gotten along with him and not had a, a true group of friends. He was not popular. Like he left all the riches of heaven to become poor that I may become rich. And when you see, when, when we see our own poverty and we look in the mirror and we see just how broken we really are, then we see that he became poor so that we may get the riches that he had and we may experience them them now not in terms of bank account but in terms of human thriving like in the midst of this broken world mm -hmm. he's still putting pieces back together again and one day all the brokenness will be undone and he will present this world back to the father as the completed heaven and earth and what the first adam failed to do make the whole world look like the garden of eden totally taken care of like the second adam which is what christ is called he will be able to do and so um mm -hmm. and that's and that's our that's our hope that we will that we will see that so that's that's the very practical place to start if you're not in scripture you don't know how it fits just start with the uh, gospel of mark it's about two thirds of the way through to the right and um just park there for the next few months um and then we've got some you know resources on the uh, blog i would i i would just read through the rest of the new uh, testament i would figure out how the old testament connects um on blixblog.org forward slash story we have um, a couple documents of just the big picture of scripture and how it fits. And you can start to see, well, all right, this King David guy, I don't know, I, like, what does that matter for me? And how did he fit in history? And then it, the, the punchline isn't for me to like be inspired, though I am by King David. The, the whole idea is somehow, somehow King David is pointing towards the ultimate king on the throne who is in the line of David, who will do more where David succeeded and, and he will be perfect where David failed. And that's, that's the king and that's the way we look at the Old Testament. And um, it, it's, um, it's, it, you can spend a lifetime going through a scripture, you know, mm -hmm. I'll close with, you know, Spurgeon's quote, it's narrow enough um, for a child to wade out into it. So you don't have to feel, you don't have to feel like I've got to be some theologian to figure out all of scripture. Um, and so it is shallow enough for the child to go out into the ocean on this one. And yet it is deep enough to drown an elephant. Um, hmm. You will get into God's word and you'll be like, man, I, I thought I had this first figured out and I just, I'm going to go it just you keep going down this rabbit hole and you keep understanding more and more about who God says he is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's and it is it's beautiful, too, when you do see an older person say, oh, man, it I've is. never seen that in scripture before. And you <laughs> know. know that they have been a Christian for all of right. these years and been in God's word for all of these years. So it is really rich and deep. Um, yeah. And I would also say, too, you know, there we all are familiar with apps on our phones. Um, there is a Bible app. If oh, you yeah. wanted to just start there, if you don't have a Bible, you can download a whole entire Bible on your phone and start that way. And I would also say, ask someone, if you know somebody who you have seen uh, run to the Lord, um, you, you know they're a Christian, you know they have faith and that they have these promises of God, um, 
they're living them out in their life, um, ask them to walk along with you as you read a book um, like Mark. And um, it would be a joy uh, for for people, I'm sure, to have somebody come to them and ask if they would go through um, the Bible with them. Um, well, as we as we just kind of wrap things up today, um, is there anything else that you want to leave with my listeners just about the power of God's word in the fight for joy? I would just say, don't give up. Like I said, you're not going to have a white light coming down from heaven every mm-hmm. day that you're doing this. Mm-hmm. But um, you will look back over the last week, over the last month, and you will be able to see the way that the Lord... Um, personally reached out to you and connected with you and if you and made sense of this long distance love letter that you can't make sense on your own mm-hmm. um, and so just don't give up don't expect every day to be full of white light just press forward and ask the Lord to show you things from his word the other thing I would say is some of the best things that I've seen from a verse that I've written on a 3 by 5 card or you know, printed out through um, you know Walgreens, is by just spending more than 22 minutes on it. It's kind of funny. I like to say you know 22 minutes. Uh, nothing magical happens at minute 22, <laughs> but mm-hmm. if you just stare at a passage literally for 30 minutes, um, you'll start seeing some things and asking questions and answering questions of the text that you didn't see in the first 10. And it's a good exercise to just quiet your mind, quiet your heart, and think through those things. And some of the blog posts that we've done, um, there's one on a lighthouse that we did. Um, and um, some of those kind of things, you know, you don't get uh, you don't get these insights into Scripture by just a casual reading over it. Ask the Lord to uh, show you, and then it's really surprising when you're quiet and about at minute 22, <laughs> you'll see some really weird uh, things. I love it. Yeah, I love it. And, you know, as uh, Jenny Estadillo said um, in the podcast episode on physical activity, I mean, just start somewhere. Start yeah. small. Don't overthink it. Um, getting something done is better than doing it perfectly. So we've thrown out a bunch of ideas, things that we have done, but um, to just start somewhere and just get that Bible open and begin to let the power of God's Word penetrate your life. And if you are in a really sweet season of life, this is the perfect time to store up these promises in your heart. It's the perfect time to study and understand and tuck these uh, these verses and these truths and these promises away. Um, and if you're in the midst of a really difficult time, God's word will, um, it will provide you the hope and the comfort that your heart is aching for. And um, keep running to um, to the power of God's word in the midst of difficult and beautiful seasons of life. Yeah, well said. Well, thank you for doing this with me. Absolutely. Um, as you said, um, you do pour a lot of your heart and your thinking um, out in the Blix blog. And so um, check that out. And um, I just I'm thankful to have you on because um, we are partners in this fight for joy here in the midst of the broken world, not only in grief, but in the midst that um, that the broken world can throw at us in any given day. (laughs) So um, I'm thankful that people have gotten a glimpse into your heart and your love for the word. Yeah, thanks, Jode. Thank you so much for listening today. If you were helped or encouraged by this episode, please share it with others. I would also love for you to find me on social media. 
You can connect with me and others who are listening on my Fighting for Joy podcast page on either Facebook or Instagram. You can also send me an email at fightingforjoypodcast at gmail.com. Podcasts have been such a lifeline for me in grief and one of the top ways that my soul is recharged and encouraged on a weekly basis. I truly hope that this podcast will do the same for you. Keep fighting for joy.